Hello and welcome to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. This is episode number 79. My name is Ismael San Juan. Thank you so much for being here. John Madden has passed away. I am so sad. One of the greats, great coach, great commentator, video game icon. John Madden was a great. If you're an Oakland Raider fan, you know him. If you listen to any broadcast in the NFL from 2008 when he retired all the way to 1979 when he started, he was he was probably the best commentator to ever do it. Um, that's how I know him the most personally. I, I'm a little young. I was born in 19, no, not that young. I'm getting old. My back here is I have sciatica, but I was born in 1995. So his coaching career was over. He had already won a Super Bowl. He had already retired, and he was already you know in the middle part of his broadcasting career. So I once I got into the NFL, he was in the tail end of ABC, his ABC stint. And I saw his whole time at NBC. And those Sunday night football games with John Madden and Al Michaels, that was great football. That was great commentary. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, Sunday night football, it was always a bittersweet because it meant that you were going to school on Monday. It meant the weekend was over. But usually those Sunday night football games always had the best matchups or at least a marquee matchup. And John Madden and Al Michaels were, you know, two of the best to ever do it, leading the commentary and making the game very fun, very entertaining. And the the video games, you know, I had some of my best times growing up as a child, playing Madden with the buddies, having fun, learning about football, playing through Madden as, you know, I grew up in a Mexican household that wasn't really too much into football. It was mostly... uh, uh, soccer, football, that was that was mostly what people watched in my household. So John Madden, through your commentaries, through your video games, I really learned a lot about football. I fell in love with the game. But once I got into football, you know, I, I wanted to play it. I wanted to play the video game. I wanted to watch it all day long. Now I have a podcast where I talk about football. So I know John Madden definitely had an influence in me and my love for the sport. And he's just an icon. It's a sad, sad day. John Madden has passed away. And uh, now he passes away, and I look through his, you know, statistics as a coach. Like I said, um, I was born in the '90s, so I'm, I'm, I'm very um, young per se for his coaching days, his coaching days with the Raiders. But man, if you look at his coaching career, at his coaching statistics, he was he never had a losing season. He got to the AFC Championship like six, seven times. He lost it five times, which is sad. But he did get the Raiders to the Super Bowl. So just crazy, crazy stuff. He was a great coach. First head coach to get, um, youngest head coach to get to 100 wins. And he did this when Tom Landry, Don Shula, Chuck Knoll, and Bud Grant were coaching. So a lot of a lot of great names, a lot of names that, you know, everyone recognizes. If you're in the NFL circles, everyone's like, oh, Tom Landry, you know, probably one of the best coaches of all time. Don Shula, like all these great head coaches. And John Madden was doing that in that era. That just goes to show the greatness of John Madden. But nevertheless, I think what most people are going to remember from him is his commentary. Like, he just had great bids. Uh, once once he passed away, uh, once I found out about the news that he passed away, I quickly went to YouTube, looked, looked at some of his best commentaries. And he just had a very soothing, very calm voice. I bet if John Madden had a podcast, it would be like a, a number one hit. It would be getting the most downloads. It would be getting shared. It would be getting clipped everywhere because he just has a great, a great, great voice. That that voice sounds amazing on the mic. And he's very charismatic. He would say a lot of stuff, boom, and all this stuff. He was just probably the best commentator of all time. Definitely the best one in the NFL, 
but he might be the best one to transcend transcend any sport. And if you're a commentator for any sport, I'm pretty sure everyone knows about John Madden and the impact he's had. So today we start this podcast on a sad note. It must be done. RIP John Madden. I hope, you know, I hope you're in a better place now. It's crazy that the documentary about John Madden came out on Christmas Day, which is almost a week old now. Um, If you guys didn't catch that, like myself, I I didn't have time um, to watch it on Fox on Christmas Day. There is going to be a special showing on primetime. Uh, Fox is going to air it again this Thursday night. I believe 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 Central, 6 Pacific. Uh, you guys don't got to double check that, but I, I think I did see a tweet saying that Fox is going to re-air the Madden documentary at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So make sure to watch it. I'm going to be tuning in. I, I got to see that documentary. He, he, I was kind of sad that I was kind of bummed that I didn't get to catch it on Christmas Day. But now I'm for surely going to catch it this Thursday. But just wanna, just wanted to, you know, pay my respects to John Madden for the impact that he had. Personally, in my life, in my upbringing, in my upstart of the, my love for football and just the impact he had in the game and on people overall. Just uh, we lost a great we lost a great guy today and I hope he's in a better place. The Dolphins win their seventh straight game. They take care of the Saints on Monday Night Football. This was expected, especially after the Saints had been struck by COVID so hard throughout the week. We knew that they were going to be playing their fourth string quarterback. They were missing a lot of key players. It was just a bad look. The Saints, who's the Saints offense, who hasn't looked the same with Winston being hurt, being done for the season. Hill and Seaman hadn't been able to do it. And now they're both out. You're going to have to rely on your fourth string quarterback. It was almost understood that the Dolphins were going to win, barring some type of meltdown, some type of miracle by the Saints. And that's exactly what happened. Everyone saw this coming. I saw the Dolphins defense getting picked up left and right everywhere in all my fantasy leagues. So it made sense. You see the Saints going through all these COVID troubles. Their offense already wasn't looking that good. It made sense. And and it happened. The Dolphins had eight sacks. They didn't let the... They didn't let the Saints do anything. They could never get anything going. And the offense did just enough. Or it was not just enough. It, they, the Saints couldn't get anything going. So, honestly, the, the Dolphins' defense offense didn't have to do anything. They still mustered 13 points. Waddle is a fucking beast. What a beast, man. Waddle, you are my hero. In my fantasy football league, just for a little bit for context, I was down like 16 points. And the, uh, my opponent had Parker and I had Waddle. And I thought it was done. I'm a two-time champion in that league. I was already conceding the match, and Waddle goes off. Parker drops a donut, and I'm going to the finals. So shout out Waddle. Whew, he saves my he saves my ass. Shout out Waddle. Just gotta point that out. Also, he's now second in the most receptions by a rookie, and he has a chance to break it. And everyone's gonna say, yeah, he has an extra game. He has an extra game, but he might break it next week, week 17. He has a chance to break. And Quan Bolden's record for the most receptions in a season. So Waddle, you've been amazing. There's been a lot of great rookies this last few years, even this year with Jamar Chase. So for Waddle to be standing out among all of those people, it just gives you a perspective of how good of a season he's having. And I think the Dolphins, once they figured out what the weapon and how many ways they could use Waddle, I think that's when they turn their season around. You saw the uptick uptick. And Waddle's usage, you saw that defense stepping it up. 
and you saw Tua come back from injury and those wins just started coming. And yes, they've only beaten the Texans, the Ravens, the Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, the Jets again, the Saints with their four-string quarterback. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I know what you mean. I get it. They haven't really beaten anybody. And they're really going to find out what they're made of when they play the Titans and when they play the Patriots on Week 17 and Week 18. But we can't just gloss over, like, you know, who they're playing. You still got to go out there and beat them. And case in point, the Chargers just lost to the Texans. And I know, you know, the Chargers were missing players, but the Texans were missing 10 starters too. So, And we're going to talk about the Chargers in a bit. So what it goes to show, the Chargers, who are about to win the AFC West or take the lead last week, lose to the Texans, who are at the bottom of the NFL hierarchy. They're at the they're one of the worst teams that when you think of the worst teams in NFL, you think the Lions, the Texans, the Jaguars, and then go from there. And the Chargers lost to those Texans. So don't I, I the Dolphins seven seven straight wins. They still had to go out there. They still had to show up. They still had to, you know, line up against these people and beat them. So by no means was that can we just scoff at this seven straight wins because of the opponents they had the Ravens that's a tough one they have way more injuries and way more COVID stuff going on right now and they almost beat the Packers so that just go uh, the Ravens are tough the Jets have upset some team the Panthers yeah they've been on a downward spiral but they've also had some victories the Giants the Giants are trash the Jets the Jets yeah the Saints you know these are not the best teams I get it but you still got to go out there and beat them and they have and now they find themselves eight and seven in that seven seed, and they control their own destiny at the Titans, and they host the Patriots. That's gonna be crazy, especially with the Patriots losing momentum, losing some footing. The Patriots have been struggling. They lost to the Bills. They're gonna be a wild card now. But if the Patriots somehow mess up against the Jaguars, that Dolphins game might mean something in, in terms of standings or, you know, it might be, there might be a lot of stake on that week 17. I don't think so. I think the Jag- the Patriots will take care of business, but will the Dolphins get in? Uh, they control their own destiny now. They have kind of, you know, beaten up on the lesser teams in the NFL, but they could only beat what's in front of them. You know who also had a similar schedule? The Patriots. And the Bills. And no one's really criticizing the Patriots and the Bills. They're in the same division. For the most part, they have the same schedule. So you can't knock the Dolphins for beating the same teams that the Patriots and the Bills have beaten and not give them credit when when the Bills and the Patriots beat them. Patriots went on a win streak similar to them, beating similar teams. And everybody was ready to say, the dynasty's back. Belichick is a genius. The Bills, you know, at some point they had a really good record and they choked. And people were trying to call them the best team in the AFC. All I'm saying is, it takes you got to take care of your opponents. And seven straight wins is seven straight wins. Do I think they're gonna run the table and win nine straight and get into the playoffs? I mean, I don't, I don't want to go on a limb and say that that they could do it. The Titans, they had an important win against the Niners, and they had um, that really gave them confidence. AJ Brown is back. The Patriots, you know, they want them get one of the upper spots in the wild card. So we'll see how it plays out. <sighs> Nevertheless, I think Brian Flores is doing a good job with the Dolphins. The, all those rumors about him getting fired this season after 
the great season he had last year, I think those could be put to bed. And Brian Flores is the guy for the future, as shown by this. And it's Tua the guy for the future. I haven't really talked about Tua because he's he's been all right. He's he's been cool. He's he's been all right. Like he shows you that he's a like a mid level starter. He's good. He has a little bit of potential still. You know, he's he's in the second season. We'll see. He's coming. He's still the hip. How's the hip coming along? I've seen him truck some people in the seven straight wins. There's he's taking some hits. He's also throwing some ugly interceptions like he did against the Saints. But I think he gets it right now. Get the ball to Waddle. That's pretty much what he's been doing. Get the ball to Waddle, Kasicki, his other tight end. And you're gonna be you're gonna be all right. You're gonna be Maso Menos, you know, because uh, the Dolphins D is that good. And the offense just needs to not get in their way, in their own way. And he's been he's been serviceable. He hasn't been outstanding. He hasn't been amazing. He hasn't lit it up by no means. Um, but he's been cool. He's been cool. He's been all right. He's been he's been serviceable. He, he's been. Ha, would I even say he's playing better than Fitzpatrick played last year? I don't think so. Uh, maybe around the same level. But if he wins nine straight and they get into the playoff. Then you gotta, you know, you gotta take into consideration. All right, can we win with Tua? We might be able to. Do we gotta trade some of our assets? Or can we just try to keep building with Tua? That would be a real question. So at least he has that going for him. So good for Tua, and we'll see where the Dolphins end up. For my money, with the Ravens and the Chargers still behind them, will the Dolphins end up in the playoff spot? If I, if you were gun to my head right now, I think I would say the Dolphins just miss out on the playoffs unfortunately because they do have a young team not too exciting but a young team and it would be nice to see young teams in the playoffs but with the Ravens and the Chargers right beneath them I think they don't make the playoffs a team I don't believe deserves to be in the playoffs is the San Diego I mean my bad I still I think this happens to most broadcasters too or most people about the Chargers they still call them the San Diego Chargers a team that does not deserve to be in the playoffs, in my opinion, is the LA Chargers. Last week, they were playing for the division lead against the Chiefs. Left it out there, unlucky plays, some questionable decisions by Brandon Staley. And you know what? You lose a game, hard-fought game against the Chiefs. The Chiefs, who are now the best team in the NFL, who are on an uptick, who have been getting better since like week six. They're the scariest team in the NFL. All right. it's a, If you think losses could also be good, this would be like your... The one that you look at, like, all right, you know what? We lost, but we we can compete against the Chiefs, the hottest team in the NFL. Like, it's a moral victory. Losing to the Texans, who were missing 10 starters because they were gone with COVID. I know the Chargers were also down players, Bosa and, you know, among others. They didn't have Eckler, but their backup running back put up numbers, and you still have Justin Herbert. Who in my for my money, he's the best young quarterback other than Mahomes, ahead of even Josh Allen. And I know that's crazy because Josh Allen had finished third in MVP and he's great too. But for my money, Justin Herbert is like he's elite. And he yeah, he had some mistakes, but that defense is atrocious. It, they could not stop anything going. Rex Burkhead was going off on the Chargers. Rex Burkhead, New England running back cast off who most people probably think he was out of the league. Went for like over 100 yards, two touchdowns, was a fantasy star. If you somehow thought about picking him up because he was going against the worst rush defense in the NFL, that was a big gamble. If anyone actually did that and you're listening to this, shout out to you for starting Burkhead. 
even if you picked them up, even if you just picked them up and didn't have the guts to start in, still a shout out to you because Rex Burkhead, come on. So if the Chargers can't stop the Texans, the Texans who were four and eleven at that point, or three and eleven. They're three and eleven. They have two weeks left. They could end six and eleven. They were three and eleven at that point. One of the worst teams in the NFL, competing for the number one pick in next year's draft, playing David Mills as their quarterback, who has not looked great. Anyone that plays the Texans, you think about picking up their defense. I did that going into this week because I knew I was going to be in the playoffs for fantasy. I was I picked up the Chargers defense like two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. I had them stashed on my bench because I'm like, all right, they're going to play the Texans, and this is going to be a good matchup. And thankfully, this COVID thing happened. I mean, not thankfully, but thankfully, I had the wherewithal to pick up the Dolphins defense and start them instead. Instead of the Chargers defense, because the Chargers defense gives you negative points on fantasy. And I know it's fantasy, but come on. How are you going to get negative points against the Texans? Against the Texans. And it just shows that the Chargers have no depth. Tom Telesco has not built a great team. He needs to, I don't know. Is it time to move on from Tom Telesco? We got to really start talking about that. Brandon Staley, who was brought in as a defensive coordinator from the Rams. What is he doing? That defense has not been stellar. It seems like... They can't stop anything. They're the worst defense on third down. They can't get off the field. Whew. And yeah, I don't think they deserve to go to the to to the tournament. They're eight and seven, same as the Raiders, same as the Ravens, same as the Dolphins. Like like what's going on, Chargers? The Dolphins started one and seven, and they had to win seven straight to get here. All right, props to them. Slow start. Props to them for turning it around. The Raiders. We know what the Raiders have gone through this season. Chucky. And all the stuff that came out with his emos, you, you know, Henry Ruggs and their cornerback that got cut because he's wielding a gun. They've gone through a lot and they're still right there, eight and seven. And they play each other the last week of the of the season with probably playoffs at stakes, winning your in type scenario. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's like how are the Chargers? The Ravens who who lost like all of their running backs, who lost their all-pro cornerback. They've been losing players like flies. Are eight and seven. And they've played games with without Lamar Jackson. They've started Josh. Um, what's his name? Josh Jackson. They, whoever played the quarterback from USD, who's been in the league for seventeen years. All these things happening with the Ravens. They have the same wins as the Chargers. It's just a very disappointing season, and it would be an. It would just be a tremendous failure on the Chargers' part if they don't make the playoffs in year two with Justin Herbert. And if they don't make the playoffs this year, I think it would just you just you just wonder like are are the Chargers just able to build a, a team to go to the playoffs to win the championship? People like Justin Herbert, he's a great talent. You start as soon as you see him play in the NFL. As soon as you saw him start that game against the Chiefs on week two of the NFL season last year, and you saw that raw talent, that arm, you were like, okay, the Chargers got something. They got they got, they got, got lucky. They got Rivers for 10-plus years, and now they're going to have Herbert for 10-plus years again. And, you know, their championship window is going to be open as long as they have Herbert. And I know it's young. Herbert's young. He's probably going to keep getting better, and with him, they're going to continue to be, you know, a, a real threat every year. But, it, like, if, if they don't make the playoffs this year, what a failure, man. What a failure. It, like, 
it just it, I'll be sick to my stomach if I was a Charger fans and I and the Chargers did not make the playoffs this year. It it would just start bringing PTSD. It would it would start it would, it would start like it would just leave such a bad taste in my mouth if this team does not make the playoffs this year. And if the Raiders are the ones to knock out the Chargers on week 18, ooh, man. That would be something. That would be something. That would be the Chargers just being typical Chargers. And honestly, I don't think too many people were surprised by this, if any. When they asked the Sunday Night Football crew uh, after the Sunday Night Football game, I think Drew Brees, um, they have, uh, what's his name, the coach, uh, Tony Dungy. They have Tony Dungy, and they asked them like what they thought about the Chargers losing to the Texans, and they were just like, Tony Dungy said it best. He was just like, the char- it's just the Chargers being the Chargers. And that's facts, man. That's the Chargers being the Chargers. You you expect this. So it is what it is. If you're a Charger fan, I'm sorry for you. But I, the Chargers need the Ravens to lose one of their games or for the Dolphins to lose one of their games. I do think that's a high possibility. I think I think that could both of those things could happen, especially with the Ravens playing the Rams and the Dolphins still playing the Titans and the Patriots. So I think both of those could happen, not just one of them, but both of those could happen. But I think both of those could happen, and then the Chargers lose to the Raiders week 18, and they still miss the playoffs. And I just don't think they deserve to make the playoffs, man. I think Brandon Staley needs to look at himself. I love his aggressiveness. I like the way he talks, but that defense is atrocious. Tom Telesco has not built a decent roster. Like It might be time to get a new GM. And the Chargers just seem to be cursed. It's just the same old Chargers doing the same stuff every year, breaking their fans' heart. And it's just, it's it's funny seeing it from this side now that I don't have, like, so much invested in them being from San Diego and now they that they're gone. But it's just crazy how, like, they just do it year in and year out. But enough of the Chargers. Let's talk about another second-year quarterback. Joe Burrow and the Bengals take care of the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens were hurt. They had a lot of people on COVID. All these excuses, all these, you know, reasons, explanations to why they got pummeled by the Bengals, but still doesn't take anything away from the Bengals being just the absolute dominant team out there. Joe Burrow, 525 yards, four touchdowns, everyone ate. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, um, Boyd ate, Mixon ate. Everyone on that Bengals offense got a piece of the pie. And Joey Burrow, man, he didn't make the he didn't make the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl's a joke. I I'm not, I haven't talked about the Pro Bowl because I stopped caring about the Pro Bowl a few years back. It, it, it's it's not, especially with, especially in recent years with so many people withdrawing from the Pro Bowl, and you have like three people. You got like what two two quarterbacks that make it every year, but like almost both of them are gonna drop out for some reason, and the backup is gonna go, and the backup is gonna withdraw, and they're all gonna be called Pro Bowl quarterbacks. Like it's 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 a joke. It's a joke in my opinion. Like I know, I think Mariota went to a Pro Bowl because like a lot of the guys that got voted in didn't go, and he just ended up going. It's it's just been a joke. So this year proved that even further. Uh, nothing against Lamar Jackson. I, I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. Actually, uh, when people hate on him, I I don't like it. But Joe Burrow should have made it ahead of him, and he's I think he's been on a on a hunt, especially with this game, the Ravens. One of the Ravens coach said something about Joe Burrow about, you know, let's not give him a gold jacket already. He took it to heart. He commented on it afterwards. And 
what a game, man. What a game by Joe Burrow. What a game by the Bengals. The Bengals now take the lead for the AFC North. And what a what a turnaround by the Bengals. Shout out to Joe Burrow. Shout out to the Bengals for, you know, a lot of people criticizing him for getting Jamar Chase instead of alignment. They were like, protect Joey Burrow. And it looks like they know what they were doing. Joey Burrow, Joey Bosa, I mean, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they've really unlocked that offense. T. Higgins as the number two, Boyd as the number three. That's Those weapons are amazing. And now they go against the Chiefs this weekend. I think that's going to be electric, man. That's probably the game I'm looking forward to the most this week. Bengals versus Chiefs, two teams that are on fire. Bengals are coming off a great victory. They're not like on fire per se, but I think I want I want to see them build on this victory. They've had some key victories this season, and then they don't follow it up with another like great performance. They're kind of hot, and then they're not hot, and then you're like, are they good? Or like, are we ready to crown them like the next big thing in the AFC? Are we ready to crown them as like you know a real threat in the AFC? And then they lose, and you're like, okay, like. Will they even make the playoffs? They're not going to make the playoffs. Look, look at the standings. They're not going to make the playoffs. And then they get a couple wins, and you're like, oh, look at them creeping up. Like, nah, they're going to make the playoffs. And now with this marquee win, they're now at the lead of the AFC North. But they're all, like, within one game. So they got to keep winning to keep that position. So it's going to be the AFC North is going to come down to the wire, man. It's going to be crazy. The Browns are still in it. The Browns somehow, if they win out and, you know, some results that could have happened, if the Chiefs beat the Bengals, and the Rams beat the Ravens, which both of them could happen. The Ravens, we'll see if Lamar Jackson is back, how many players they get back from COVID. We'll see if the Bengals are able to build on this victory against the Chiefs. But the Browns are still alive. So that division is very tough. It's very close. If Joey Burrow, if Joe Burrow is able to lead the Bengals to AFC North Championship, win his second year, man, this fool's amazing. Goated. <laughs> Not goaded, but... What a start to his career that would be if his second year after breaking his leg, <clears throat> fracturing his leg, season one, people were wondering if he's going to come back better, if he's going to be able to play at the same level, if that's going to you know stunt his growth as a quarterback, how would that impact the rest of his career? Well, you know what? 15 games, 15, 16, 16 weeks into this week, into this season, he has 4,165 yards, 30 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. So an amazing season by any metric, any any standard, QBR, um, quarterback rating, that ESPN, QBR, any rating. He's been having a great season. Can he capitalize? Can he put another stamp on it by beating the Hot Chiefs and Mahomes? That's going to be a great rivalry. Keep an eye on that one. Watch that game. And, man, the Bengals, the way a lot of people before this season were talking about, I already talked about the Chargers, but... So we're going to harp on it again. Two two teams going into their second year with their second-year quarterbacks who looked amazing, who had a lot of potential their first season. Burrow, unfortunately, got hurt. Chargers, you know, he broke the record for most touchdowns by a rookie. Looked amazing. The Chargers got all the hype before the season started. And the Bengals kind of got scolded at for drafting Jamar Chase. No one really had them making the playoffs. So if Joey, Joe Burrow is able to lead the Bengals to the playoffs, I mean, I think I think he I think he overtakes um, Justin Herbert on this consist constant race that they're gonna have their whole career. Who was the best quarterback from that from that draft? A lot of people were crowning Justin Herbert already, including myself. 
last year for the season he had and the starts of this season. And, you know, he looks great. The Chargers have the nice uniforms. Joey Burrow got hurt. Didn't look as amazing as rookie year. If he leads the Bengals after sweeping the Steelers and the Ravens for the first time since 2009, if he if he leads the Bengals to the playoffs, <clears throat> especially if he wins the division, I think he can still make it and not win the division. If he does that, man, Joey Burrow, I think, takes overtakes Justin Herbert as the best quarterback in that in that draft class. He takes it back because he was the first overall pick and Justin Herbert came out of nowhere and don't want to, you know, he still has a bright future. But I think for the time being, if the Bengals make the playoffs and the Chargers don't, or if he leads them to the divisional championship his second year, I think we got to start talking about Joey Burrow taking back that crown as the best quarterback from that draft. Liverpool drop points. They lose to Leicester 1-0 today. And now there's a six-point gap between City and Liverpool and Chelsea. And with the Africa Cup of Nations coming and Liverpool going to lose players like Mane, like Salah, to the Africa Cup of Nations, you started thinking, is this title race over in Chelsea, who also haven't looked amazing? We're kind of teetering right now. And they're going to lose some players too. Obviously, City's going to lose some players too, but they have the most depth out of anyone. And they don't rely on a single player or single players like Liverpool do with Salah. Is this title race over, man? Like, ah, this season has already been kind of disappointing. I wanted it to be a four-team race. I was excited about Ronaldo coming back. I was like, we're going to have United back. It's going to be Liverpool, City, Chelsea, duking it out all the way to the end. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. And it started off looking that way. And then Manchester United fell off. And you were like, okay, we could have seen this coming. Uh, They need a better coach. They need to revamp that team. But now with Chelsea teetering, Liverpool losing today to Leicester, like, like, is this it? Is is it over? Like, it feels like it's over. City play tomorrow and, and they could win and they'll get to 19 points. Or probably today, by the time you listen to this, the game might be over by the time you guys watch this. So they might be a nine-point nine point lead with one more game played, but still just the fact that it's nine points. It was like, are they going to come back from nine points? I know it's barely, it's we're barely over Boxing Day, but it kind of feels like the title race is over, man. It kind of feels like the season, we're just, we're just playing for Champions League spots and Europa League spots and, you know, the relegation race is always cool. But the title race, man, I I thought this was Chelsea revamped themselves with Lukaku and uh, Liverpool were going to come back stronger, not having so many injuries last year. And even United and City were obviously going to be there. And, oh, man, if City wins tomorrow or today or if maybe they already won or maybe they lost and it'll keep it as uh, it will tighten up the race. But like, is this? Someone tell me something to make me feel like this title race is not decided already. Like, tell me something. Like, no, no, no. They're bound to drop points. Um, but they play Arsenal on the first. So Arsenal, who's been on a hot streak, they just put five on on Norwich. I believe. Yeah, they put five on Norwich. So they've been they've been killing the the bad teams. Like, it's time for Arsenal to, you know, if they really want to claim themselves to be an important team to claim that they're back. 
they got to start beating some of these bigger teams. So what better chance than to beat City on the 1st or on the 3rd of January? That would really tighten up the race. So I'm an Arsenal fan as a neutral, as a Wolves fan, and as someone that just wants to see a, a competitive race. I'm an Arsenal fan for that matchup. City Arsenal, I'm an Arsenal I'm an Arsenal fan. I want them to win. I want them to tighten up the race. But man, is there any other hope? Like if Arsenal doesn't win, if City takes care of business tomorrow, like what what can we say? Like Liverpool is bound, I believe, to drop points during the Africa Cup Nations. I think it's inevitable. Even if they just tie, I, I don't think they're going to win all their games. I don't think that's any. If people have something against that, like they're losing their best players, man. Like it only makes sense that they're going to lose drop a couple points but it is what it is man all the five leagues it looks like everyone Real Madrid looks like they might run away with it um Bayern and now City like we might just have Champions League this year that might be the only thing really competitive because it looks like the leagues might be decided and it's sad it's December 28th and it, it feels like December 28th, December 29th, and it feels like the league has already been decided for most of these leagues. And the Premier League, which was super hyped up, especially by myself, I thought this was going to be one of the best seasons ever. And if if City end up winning and it's not close, like if, if I check back at the end of January and it's like, okay, it's like a seven, eight point lead now. It's like a nine point lead because Liverpool dropped points because they lost Salah and you uh Chelsea couldn't you know steer the ship like it's gonna be a very disappointing season but obviously I'm curious to hear everyone's everyone's ideas everyone's point of view like someone someone give me hope for this title race not being over I I hope it's not over and I want to see a close race but it just feels like with the Africa Cup of Nations and Liverpool losing Salah and Mane and Chelsea not playing the best, and they're going to lose, you know, some players too. Like, it just feels like it's over. But that should do it for this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast, episode 79. If you made it to the end, as always, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Make sure to subscribe to the channel on YouTube, on whatever you listen to podcasts on, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, whatever you listen to it subscribe download the episode thank you so much have a great rest of your day and happy new year hope you had a merry christmas